hope your expectation is up today. I know I preach things sometimes, and I'm like, I wonder, if the, I wonder if anybody got that. Like, I wonder if that made sense to anybody. But last week I talked about turning your expectation up. If your expectation is not up, if you don't come expecting to get something, then you won't, you won't get anything. And I was reminded of the sermon this week. I, uh, a brand new girl uh, from the gym this week, her name is Georgette. She's here today. She came last week, and I'm out running, and I'm like trying to find my soul. Like, I'm not running fast because I'm trying to finish fast at the gym. I'm running fast because I'm looking for my soul. And she's like, hey, I was like, hey, how are you? She's like, get your expectation up. I was like, you watch your mouth. I'm like, that stuff is only good for sermons. It's not good in the gym. My, my, the stuff I preach is not good meant to be used in the gym. It's only meant to be used in here and in your homes. Um, but I hope that your expectation is up today. We've been in a series called The Table. The Table. And uh, here's what we believe. We believe that after Jesus, crossed, after Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, there was no need for the cross anymore. So he turned that cross into a table. That cross made the table. And that table is called the that table is called the church, and, and we're a church today. Dinah said to you guys so eloquently that the, the church is not 100 Windermere Road. The church is you and I. It's, it's us today. We are, we are the church. Wherever Jesus is, wherever two or three are gathered, there Jesus is. That's the church. And so we're in this season. We're kind of talking about the table. And um, I hope you come back next week. I already have great expectation for next week. Sometimes I skip expectation. I'm excited about today, but I have really, really great expectation for next week. Josh and I were talking about the sermon next week. You want to be here next week. It's going to be a great, great, great talk on, on, um, on a different kind of table. We're going, to have, we're going to have multiple tables next week, and I don't want you to miss it. Have, come with some expectation. But we've been talking about these different chairs throughout the, throughout the time together, and we're going to talk about this chair a little bit today and, and what this chair has to offer us. And what, what can be done through this chair? But this is God's chair. He sits here. This is where he sits at. This is, this is his seat. And if you would allow me to today, I'd like to, I'd like to teach today from, from his seat, if that's okay with you, God. And I'm going to sit in your seat today. But this is God's seat at the table. And at this seat, this is, the, this is the seeker. This is the person that's trying to figure out life. They're trying to figure out, not life, they're trying to figure out who God is. They don't really know who God is, but they're trying to figure out, does he exist? Is he really, really will? Is he really, really will? Is he really, really real? I want to encourage you, if you're a reader today, you ought to go out and buy the book, Case for Christ. If you're not a reader, you ought to watch the movie on Netflix, okay? But it's an incredible, incredible, incredible movie. It's a movie about a, a man who, who is a, who's a writer, a journalist, and he really wrestled with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He was sitting in this chair. He didn't believe it. His, his wife accepts Christ as her Savior. And for two months, he goes out and looks at all the information. He tries to, he tries to um, dispute the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he went to every place that you would go to figure out whether, whether, whether or not the resurrection was real or not. They went, he went to a medical doctor and said, is it possible that G did Jesus really die? And he said, based upon science, what we know today, that if someone, after being on a cross that long, after living that long, and, and, or being on the cross that long, and being beaten the way he was beaten that, and, and being pierced in the side, whenever they pierced the side, water and blood came out, and that would have made him medically dead. I believe he was dead. He went to archaeologists. He went to the archaeologist and said, hey, people are saying Jesus is real. How do they know that Jesus is real? They said, there's all these artifacts. There's artifacts upon artifacts upon artifacts upon artifacts that state the fact that Jesus is alive. He said this, he said in the, in the movie, it's awesome, a lot of good stuff in the book, and in the movie he said, if you were to stack up all the evidence that whether or not the crucifixion was real or not, it would stack a mile high. Ancient, ancient artifacts, great, great source. He went to historians, he went to psychologists, he went to everyone that could dispute, hopefully prove what he believed, and every one of them said no, and they basically got to the point of his life that said, how much more truth do you need to believe? And I want to encourage you today, if you're here today and you're wrestling not whether or not you should move along in your faith journey, I want to encourage you to wrestle no longer. 
over 500 different eyewitness accounts. Thousands and thousands of documents of people stating there was a Savior. He did die and he did resurrect from the dead, which makes it a miracle. <clears throat> so this is chair one. This, this person, they're, they're wrestling with whether or not what to believe with, with, with their eternity. Is Jesus real? Did he really die on the cross for our sins? And then once you, once you go from chair one, once you get that figured out, you go to, you go to chair two. This person here, they believe in what I just told you guys about. They believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They believe that he, that he, that he lived a perfect life, that he, the, he lived a perfect life, and then he died on the cross for our sins, and, he, and then he rose again. He did that for you and I, and this person believes that. We t- and, then, and then what Diana was talking about just a few moments ago about living out the gospel, the, really the gospel is to go from chair two to chair three, it takes a little bit more time. It takes a little bit more time to get from chair two to chair three because chair three is a pretty, it's a pretty tall order. Chair three is. Chair three, uh, chair three, this person right here, they believe the Bible's the playbook. And so in chair, in chair three, these people, they, they know who God is. They, they know without a shadow of a doubt, they know that Jesus is the Savior. They, they know that. Not only do they, this person know that God, this person, they found freedom. They found freedom. They found freedom through relationships. They found freedom through, through hanging out with people and allowing people to pour into them and one of the things about the guy's story that he talks about in, in the movie, Case for Christ, is that he had a hard time believing that God was real. And one of the reasons why he had a hard time believing that God was real is because he had, he had talked to so many guys, so many people that are out there, they disputed the fact that Jesus was the Lord. So he went to the psychologist, and the psychologist said, why don't you believe? She goes, why don't you believe? <clears throat> and he goes, well, I follow these guys, and these guys say that he doesn't believe, and they've, they've punched holes in all these things. And it was such a powerful moment in the movie because basically what happens to them is she goes, hey, you know all the guys that you, you, know all the guys that you follow? And she said, yeah. She started mentioning all the names of, the, of the, this of the atheist movement. She goes, did you know that all of these guys, most of these guys, they didn't grow up with a father or a relationship with their father? And she said, I think you might want to work through the fact that you, you may have a father wound. And a, and a lot of people in here, and a lot of us in here today, we have some sort of wounds from our father, maybe from our mom. We, we have wounds. They're, they're, it's normal to have wounds. Hey, if you, and if you're in here today and you have wounds, you're okay. You're going to make it. We all have them. We're all, I, I posted this last week, but we're all recovering from something. It's if you have wounds, you're okay. But this person, they found freedom through the relationship with Jesus Christ and the relationship with other people. They found freedom. They, this person in chair, in chair number three, they discovered their purpose. <clears throat> they discover their purpose. They, they, they know they have a purpose for their life. They, they, wanna, they know they're supposed to help people and encourage people. They know they're supposed to connect people to who God is. And then the last thing in this chair is this person, they're making a difference. They're making a difference. This person, their life is counting for other people. I tell people all the time that go through our next steps, our next steps um, environment that your life really won't count until it starts counting for other people. Your life really won't count until it counts for other people. Until some people say, man, I, thank you. Man, I needed that. I I needed you in my life. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for my life. And so this person, is. it takes a while to get from chair two to chair three, but here's the deal. If you get to chair three, you realize this. The only way that you got there is through the grace of God. The same way you get from chair one to chair two is the same way you get from chair two to chair three is the grace of God. Now, chair three is more complicated because you have some people come alongside you and say, hey, I'm gonna go through this with you. I'm gonna walk through this. I'm gonna walk through this life with you. So we looked at a couple things last week, if you're, or the last three weeks. I'm gonna catch you up and preach the whole entire three weeks to you. In less than three minutes. <clears throat> Here's the first thing we know about the table. There's more room at the table. There's more room at this table. Now, you're like, well, that's not, there's not too much, literally, because it's a small table. But there's more room at the table of God's table. There's more room. There, and anyone and everyone can come to God's table. I'm so encouraged by that. The Bible says in Luke chapter 14, verse 23, So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges 
and urge anyone you can to come and find so that the table will be full, so that the house will be full. Jesus wants the table full. There are some more people. Brad said, hey, man, I, I got an idea to get some more people to the table. I, I got some friends that I want to bring to the table. We, all, we, all, we should all want to bring our friends to the table. Everyone that we come encounter, and, and, and encounter we, want to, we ought to want to bring them to the table. Here's the second thing. At this table, love is the language. At this table, the church, this language here, the language is love. That's our language. That's what we speak here. The Bible says in John chapter 13, verse 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Not how good you preach, not how loud you preach, not how good your worship is, not how, not how much you give. The world will know that you're my disciples by how you love. Can I ask you this question today, church? How well are you loving people? I know it's easy to love people like you, but God's want to, God wants us to love every. He wants us to love everyone. How good are you at, at love? And then last week we looked at this. You don't get full from getting. <clears throat> you, get full from, you get full from giving. You don't get full from getting. You get full, you get full from giving, giving. You've seen this graphic go up, uh, this Heart for the House offering. You've seen it the last three weeks. And, and I want to encourage you guys to continue to pray. Please, 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 please pray. Whatever happens through our Heart for the House offering will determine how far we go next year. Whatever happens, and I told you guys last week, it's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. It's about equal sacrifice. So I'm really, be praying. Don't be like, hey, well, that's, someone else is going to do that. Someone else is going to do that. Take it personal this year. If you didn't get the last two years, this is your year. This is your year to give. Buy in. Get some skin in the game. I, the last few years, we've done some incredible things to our heart for the house offering. There was a time where we, had to, we didn't own chairs. We had to buy chairs. And there was a time where we wanted to go from one service to two services. And as you can see, these services are growing. And we believe that God's going to continue to, to, to grow this house. And because there's people out there, they're dying and going to hell. And we want to fill the table up. We don't want anyone to go to hell on our watch. We don't want to leave it up to somebody else, some other church. We want to take it personally. This is our job. It's our job to fill this table. So we're super, super excited about our heart for the house offering, so I want to encourage you to keep on, keep on praying for it. If you have a Bible, open up to the book of Galatians. If you don't, it's okay. It's going to be on the screen. How many of you guys in here today, you've been to Atlanta, Georgia? You've been to Atlanta. You, you've driven through, you've passed through it. Are there any of you guys in here today that have been to the fine establishment where they have gourmet food called the Varsity? Has anyone been to that fine establishment called the Varsity? Yeah, if, if you haven't been to the Varsity yet, you there's, you're still alive. Congratulations. If you've never been to the Varsity, you ought to go. It is the greasiest, nastiest burgers in Atlanta, and it's awesome. And not only do they have that, they have these things. I think that they're hot dogs. I'm not sure because they cover them with chili and cheese, and, and, and I, think, I, think it's, I, think, I think it's a hot dog. I'm not 100% sure. It says hot dog on the menu, but I'm not exactly sure what's in there. But there's this, they make these hot dogs, and they have these milkshakes, and they have these orange milkshakes. And if you've never been to the varsity, I want to encourage you, you need to go to the varsity, okay? And I know some of you guys are like, man, he must be hungry already because he's already talking about food illustrations, and he's not even into the second service yet. I am hungry, but it's going to be okay. I have faith that someone's going to bring me food between services. <clears throat> Whenever I'm the hungry, someone's like, hey, I brought you a bagel. I'm like, God bless you. God's favorite. But here's the thing about the varsity, if you don't know anything. The varsity is right downtown, and it's built for people. It's got a lot of, a lot of registers, more registers than a McDonald's. The varsity, they'll never, ever go to, to kiosks. They're going to have live people there, and it's right next to Georgia Tech. But the reason why it's there for, it's there for the people who are going to the Atlanta Braves game or coming back from the Atlanta Braves game. That's what it's built for. So they can serve a lot of people, and they can serve really, really fast. And if you've ever been there, you have to have your order ready. 
If you do not have your order ready, you are in trouble. They look at you like you don't belong there. They look at you like you need to go to the end of the line. And here's how they add. When you walk up to the table, when you walk up to the, um, to the counter, they, it's not a Chick-fil-A experience. <clears throat> There's no hospitality needed. When they interview people, they basically say to him, are you a mean person? Yes, you can work here. Come on in. You're, 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 you're welcome. You're, you, you, you don't have a smile? Hey, come on in. You're employed. When you get there, they have this phrase, and their phrase, if you've ever been there before, they say this, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? And if you don't start telling what they have, they say to you again, what do you have? What do you have? And they want you to go, and if you don't know what they want, they want you to go in the line. It is, you get anxiety going there. I can help, if I were to keep on going, I could build the anxiety up for you. Now, some of you guys in here today, you're gonna go there, and you're already nervous. Some of you guys that are super anxious people, you're not gonna go because you can't handle that kind of anxiety. You're like, there's no medicine that will help me be able to order that, that place. <clears throat> but he said, what do you have? 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 And I want to encourage you today that when you come to the table, I want, Jesus is saying to you today, what do you, what do you want to have? What do you, what do you want to, what do you, what do you need? What do you, what do you want? Because I've got some things that I want to give you. And if you want the things that I want, this is a great table. If you want to get full, come to this table. You need to be at this table because there's, a, there's something that's going to happen at this table that's going to, that's going to change your life. And so much more. Jesus is so much more than salvation, church. Oh, I'm so glad I'm going to go to heaven one day. But can I encourage you today? People in chair two, they're going to heaven. But there's so many things that God has for you than just go to heaven. There's so much more at the table than just, I'm going to heaven, I'm good. There's so many more things that you can have. And I want to talk about some of those things today. I'd like to today. I'm not Jesus and <clears throat> I want to be like him and Jesus wants to be like him, but I'd like to sit at chair, chair one today and walk through some things that you could have at this table. Some of you guys right now are thinking about your Thanksgiving experience and, and what you have and what you didn't have and if the food was good or if it wasn't good. And Tyler is here today. His mom came to my mom's house and his mom makes the world's best pecan pie. Life-changing. And if she didn't have that wherever you're at, I'm sorry, bro. If you go to my mom's house, there may be leftovers, but they're probably not. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5, <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, what do you have? What do you have? Chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, the Apostle Paul is writing to this church at Galatia. He said, hey guys, <laughs> so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Chair three people then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The Bible says in, 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 the, in, the, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter five that there's, there's two ways you can go. There's a broad path that leads to destruction or there's a narrow path that leads to life. There, you can stay in chair two all you want. You can stay in chair two as long as you want. And that's the beauty of the church because this is the church and there's a lot of people who, who choose to stay in chair two. I don't want the, I don't want the pressure. I walked into Dunkin' Donuts today and, the guy, and there's a guy there that he, you know the guy I'm talking about already. He, he, he comes to the YMCA, he's here right when the door's open and he tells, he gives Josh and I so much church advice. This guy's got lots of church advice, but he don't go to church, but he has lots of church advice. What are you guys doing at that church over there? I mean, he, he's always, he's like, so I walk in today and this guy got my ear. I walked out of that place with Trip, and I was like, Trip, what happened in there? He's like, that guy can talk, dad. He said, more than you. I'm like, son, I didn't ask you that, that much information. You know, kids will give you more information than you need, you know. So this guy starts telling me, he's like, hey, you need to buy this book. He's giving me all this advice. Give me all this advice. 
Chair two people, we have, we have a lot of advice. We, we know some stuff, but chair two people, we don't really want to apply all of it. We know a lot of information. We, we know a lot of content, but we're not doing anything with it. So he says, hey, guys, I, I want you to leave your sinful nature. Like, yeah, you, have your, yeah, you know me, and yeah, you're saved, but I want you to get away from some of that stuff that you used to be, that you used to have before you were saved. I really want you to see through the gospel lenses that, that Diana and, and Alex were talking about last night, keeping me awake, or while well, I was trying to play golf clash. One of the two I can't remember. Verse 17 says this. The sinful nature wants you to do evil. You guys know that. <clears throat> Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So we have this ping pong, ping pong game going on back and forth. We've got this cornhole game going back and forth. We want to do right, but we also want to do wrong. And if you're in here today and you say, man, I don't really want to go to church because it seems like they want to do right. If you're in here today, we all struggle with wanting to do what's right and want to do what's wrong. We all struggle with that. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. We all have the same struggle. That's the good news. That's not the good news, but that, that helps. The good news is that Jesus came down the cross for our sins and changed our life. He took us from death to life. That's the good news. But the good news is that when you come to church, everyone's just like everybody else in the church. We're all broken. We're all recovering from things. We all have hurts, habits, and hangups. You're in great company because you're just like the person next to you. You're like, oh, no, I dress better. We might look different on the outside, but we all have the same struggle. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, hey, guys, I get it. This guy gives us all. This is the leading church planter of the known universe and he's saying, guys, I get it because I had the same struggle. The str hashtag, the struggle is real. Paul gets that. We can relate. He says, hey, guys, I get it. These two forces, they're constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. He goes, they're, they're fighting you guys so you can't, they're fighting you so you stay in chair two. Because chair two is not really doing a whole lot for the kingdom. It's, you got to get to chair three because you got to get here, but the force is going back and forth. They're punching each other. The force is not, it's, 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 it's going back and forth, tug of war. It's miserable, we're, and we're going nowhere. We're going absolutely nowhere. I love, I love little kids. Let a kid get behind a parked car and let them pretend they're driving. They're going, they're going somewhere. Come on, Dad, we're going to McDonald's. I said, son, don't say that again. Your mom will get mad at you. All right, Dad, we're going to Chick-fil-A. Get your heart, check your heart, you know, like we're going to Chick-fil-A. They'll pretend they're going somewhere, but they're really going nowhere. And that's this, this, this faith journey. It's like we have these cars, but they don't have any gasoline and we're not, they're not moving. We have faith, but we're not, we're not in the movement. Like we're, we're, not, we're not going the way we're supposed to go. We just have faith. That's all we have, but we just have faith. And there's so much more than just faith in God. There's a there's a movement, this thing called the church. So he says here, he says here, this, we gotta keep on going, but he says in this next, passage, next part, he goes, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. He goes, hey guys, you're following all these rules, but you're, you're neglecting the relationship. There are so many people in chair two that they have, the, they have this salvation, but they're just following all the rules and it's not relational. Jesus wants to spend time with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to spend, he wants to love on you. He wants to pray with you. He wants you in community. And we're gonna talk about that more next week. He wants all these things for you guys, for us. <clears throat> but when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, 
the results are very clear. All right, if you're not following Jesus, the results are clear. Here's what he says. He goes, hey, <clears throat> he goes, you, you have sexual immorality. He's like, you're, you're, living, you're living sexual sin. He's like, you're, you, you have this impurity about you. You're not, you're not having... You're not having the right thoughts. You're, 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 you're wrestling. You're wrestling with all these demons that we talk about. It's like you're, you're really, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're losing the battle. He goes on, he says, hey, you, you have lustful pleasures. You have lustful pleasures. I, if you, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys know what lustful pleasures are, but I, I'll like to explain it to you today because it's, it's fair game. Lustful pleasures are this. Dave Hall pulled into the parking lot with his big truck and it's beautiful. I mean, it's, Sorry, Diana, she can hear me. It's sexy. I mean, it's just a sexy truck. It's hot. I mean, everything you say about a woman, that's what this truck is. I mean, it's just, it's got nice curves. I mean, it thing, this thing looks, this truck is sexy. And Brad goes, guys, give me one second. I'll, 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 I could, I'll take that. that I, I like that. I, do I need a big truck like that? No, he goes, but I like that. He said, just give me a second, let me finish lusting. That's what, that's what Paul's talking about. <laughs> He said, hey, we don't need, I don't need that. And I went, so then, you know, guys, what kind of truck would you like? What kind of truck would you like? What kind of truck would you like? I'm like, I want one that I can lock the door so people don't steal my laptop out of. That's what I want. You know what I'm saying? I want a car that automatically locks itself for me. And Brad's like, that point in case, Wes, that's why, uh, we, the next car we went to was Tesla. Brad's probably like, Wes, that's why you need a Tesla. It locks itself for you. So he says here, you have these lustful, you have this lustful pleasures and you have idolatry. You put other gods before God and we all put other gods before God. And you have sorcery. He goes, man, you guys are, you're, you're dealing with, your, your faith's not a real faith. There's some hostility. Some of you guys are like, I got that. Like I get mad really easily. And there's quarreling, you're fighting. And there's jealousy. And there's outbursts of anger in the car and people cut you off. And there's selfish ambition. I want that, I need to have that. I want what they have. And there's dissension. And there's division, and there's envy. These are not helpful things. He's like, this is, if you're not following Christ, you're not locked in what he has for you, this is what you get. He goes, he goes and then you, have, then you have envy, then you're, you, you're, you have drunkenness. The Bible says we're supposed to be drunk on the Holy Spirit. When, people, when, the, when the church happened, when, when Pentecost happened, people goes, man, they're drunk. Something's weird about those guys. And the Apostle Paul's like, no, they, they're, they're high on Jesus. They're full of the spirit. They're so overwhelmed. He goes, man, this is, this is, there's a better option. Then there's wild parties, debauchery, and there's other sins like these. And let me tell you guys again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit to the kingdom of God. And then this awesome three-letter word comes in and goes, but then the word but comes into play. I like buts in the Bible. <clears throat> because it stops you and says, hey, what was... I don't have to have all that. No, you don't have to have all that. You don't have to have the envy and the jealousy and the fighting and the arguing. You don't have to have that. But what do I get, Wes? What, what do you want to have today? What do you, there's a better option. At this table, at God's table, when God starts serving out what he's serving out, here's what God serves out. The Bible says this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is what the Holy Spirit will, will start giving you guys. He'll give you love. Oh, I like that. I like love. Who doesn't like, everyone wants to be loved. There isn't a single person in here that doesn't want to be loved. And the person that doesn't want to be loved, they need to be loved the most. They're the kind of person you walk in and just hug them. Make it awkward, a long, awkward hug. Like you need, 
You're like, you need a mom. You need a mom hug. Like, get in here. Like, make it awkward. Everybody wants to be loved. Man, I want, if God's serving that, I want that. It doesn't stop there. God's like, I've got more for you, Wes. I've got more. Let me keep on passing what I have for you guys. I've got joy for you, Wes. I got a friend of mine, he pastors a church in Alabama. He goes, when I hire people, we give them what's called the joy test. If they don't have joy, we don't hire them. You ever met someone they don't have any joy? Man, I want to be around people who have joy. You, you need that. God's serving that. Best picture I could, I could show you. I can't bring him up here because he might do something inappropriate. But my boy Shibs right here, and this kid has joy all over him. When you see him, when you see Shibs, you want to start smiling. You ever met someone, when you see him, you start smiling? That's Shibs. You ever see someone, when you see him, like, you're like you want to walk the opposite way? They got that, that ugly face. They got that stank face. They're like, stays in that position. It rests in that position. It's like, y'all know what I'm saying. All y'all are laughing. You guys say bad words. That's why y'all are laughing. <laughs> I want joy. I want to be filled. God, God gives me joy. I want to have joy. There's love. There's joy. There's peace. We all want peace. Peace, goodwill toward men. We're going to hear that passage of Scripture read, the Luke, Luke chapter 2 story. We all want peace. Everybody wants peace. That, that, you get that at this table. I mean, I'm not very smart, but if we were to do a comparison and contrast in here today, I'm choosing, what this, I'm choosing this list. I don't want the first list. I want this list. I want to have joy. I want to have love. I want to have peace. Man, is that God, does he have any more, Wes? Oh, yeah, God's not done yet. He's not done yet. He, he says there's love, there's joy, there's peace. There's patience. Now, I need more of this one. And that's why God gave me twins. Trip had a melt, Judah had a meltdown today. I said, what's wrong with you? I want my basketball. It's a good time to start explaining to your kids, ball is not, ball is not life. <laughs> He's like, I want my basketball. I said, bud, if you, if you will relax a little bit, when church is over, the second service, I'm gonna, we're gonna get that basketball. And we're gonna, but you gotta be patient. He's like, it was like I was talking to him in a different language. Man, patience, we all need that. If moms, dads, if you have kids in here, how many of you guys need some patience? Come on, sign up, sign me up for that. If you're married, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Come on, we all need some patience. We all need some patience. Only the brave husbands are like, I ain't afraid of her. Shoot. My house. <laughs> Listen, don't be like, Wes, the Lord will protect me. The Lord ain't going to protect you from your wife knocking you out. I mean, he's strong, but he ain't that strong. Patience. There's patience. There's goodness. We need some more good people in the world. Hey, and Bible says there's none good, no, not one. So the only way to be, have some good, you can have goodness inside of you. That comes from the Holy Spirit. That comes from the Holy Spirit. There's goodness inside of you. He says, and there's some, there's, some, there's some faithfulness. Don't you want to be faithful? Don't you want to marry someone who's faithful? Don't you want to be someone who's faithful? Don't you want to hire someone who's faithful? All these things, they come from the Lord. Faithfulness, it comes from the Lord. If you, find, if you ever meet someone who's not faithful, you're like, man, you need some Jesus. <laughs> faithfulness, man, you want someone who's faithful. You want some faithful people. You want some faithful friends. 
You gotta be the thing that you wanna receive. What do you have? What do you want? Do you wanna have love? Do you wanna have joy? Do you wanna have peace? Do you wanna have patience? All that comes from the Lord. He goes, and then there's some, there's some faithfulness. <clears throat> there's some gentleness. There's some gentleness. Man, I wanna, I wanna be gentle. I was listening to Alex and Diana talk. She, I heard Diana say, I don't want this to sound bad. Like, whenever someone says, I want this to sound bad, you want to listen to what they're about to say. Mom, don't get mad. But she's like, man, Wes has come a long way since we got married. <laughs> and in bed, I'm like, playing golf, and I'm like, well, you, I'm like, well, you come a long way too. <laughs> I'm like, your mama, you know, that's what I was thinking. She's like, Wes really has a come along, he's come a long way. I've become more gentle. That's, you can only become more gentle from the Holy Spirit. He gives us gentleness and he gives us all these things. He says, and he gives us some self-control. Man, I wanna be around someone who has self-control. I wanna be the kind of person who has, who has self-control. All of these things God provides at this table called the church, called the kingdom of God. I want all those things. I'm thankful that I was in these chairs and he was saying, hey, Wes, come to this table. I'm glad Craig killed and said, hey, Wes, you need to get to this table. You need this table, bro. Hey, let me go one step further because I don't see some of you guys all the time. So let me go and say this to you now. <clears throat> we need you at this table. We need you more than once a month. We need you more than twice a month. We need you here every single Sunday. You want to know why? Because there's people here looking for you. You're like, oh, no, nah, bro. They ain't looking for me. Yeah, they're looking for you. They're looking for you. Every, there's, someone here, there's someone here looking for you. Erica and Abner are here. Tyler and Jen are here. I've been, I've been hanging out with them for so long, almost a decade now, which means they're old. I'm not. They're having kids. You guys shouldn't have done that. You didn't ask me before you did that. <clears throat> what, as a pastor, I go to my kids. I'm like, hey, who, who has the best, who, who does the best kid week? They, they serve in kids. I'm like, who's got the best kid week? They say, oh, we, we love Tyler and Jen. They used to say that. Oh, we love Tyler and Jen. Man, there's people looking for you guys. Well, I just wear this pink shirt. I'm just serving in kids. I'm just serving in nursery. People need you. People need you. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, Tyler and Jen, Eric and Adam, I'm really sorry about this. Josh came along. He does all these freaking Disney characters. You can't really, I mean, you can't compete with that. There's really nothing you can do. I mean, I don't, you, I mean, that's a win for a kid. I don't really know. Some of you guys are like, that'd be cool if I was an adult. <clears throat> and then there's Fraley. I don't know what happens when Fraley's in there. Honestly. I mean, you guys... We let him in there. He's background checked, everything, but we just don't know what he's teaching in there. Some of you guys are like, when my kid gets to elementary, we're gonna find a different church. <laughs> maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, I don't know. We need you here. We need you at this church. We need you. We need you serving. We need you giving. We need you loving. We need you encouraging. We need you spending time with us. We need you going through Starbucks and grabbing us coffee. Like, we need you here. We need you here, every one of you guys. I have some friends, um, their last name is the Sharps. And um, 
they have a brother. They, 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 there's, there's a couple, there's a family in this, and they've been here for a long, 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 long time. And I've always, I, their, their brother is, is a friend of mine, and, and this Lisa lady, she's, she's a friend of mine. We hang out with them. I've always wanted their sister to come to our church. She's here today. I've always wanted the sister. I don't even remember her name. I'm like, but when you get around the sister, she's like, she's like chips. You just start smiling. You just start, when she's right, you just start smiling. Because she's, she's fun to be around. She's just always, you can tell she's full of life. She's always happy. I, we need you here. All of you have something to bring to the table. Every single one of you guys. We, all of us have something to bring to the table. If you have a smile, you can bring that. We tell everyone that goes to our next steps, every one of us in here today, you're a tenant something. You're a tenant something. Now don't come next week and be like, you know, I'm a, I'm a tenant singing. You're not. You're, I, you're not. I'm just, I'm gonna go and let you know you're not. And I'm not either. I'm not. Some of you guys are a magnet. People just want to be around you. You're a tenant at that. You're a tenant at that. My friend Mindy's here today. She's thoughtful. I can tell she's thoughtful. We need that. We need you here. You're, you're needed here. Every one of you guys, we need you here. Even Brent. We need Brent here. I mean, who's going to make fun of me for wearing skinny jeans? We need Brent here. I did figure this out, and I'm going to give you my message. I only got one point today, but here's my message. I was walking around with a pair of pliers. Guys, This I just figured this out. I don't, Brent didn't really qualify it yet or not. I did ask him, but I think if you wear skinny jeans, but if you put a wrench in your back pocket, then you get a man card with that, like because you have a wrench in your back pocket. kind of like cancels it out. <laughs> I don't know. Here's what you need to know. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. I just thought I'd throw it out there. I thought I'd throw it out there. <clears throat> now, I would say this. Jamie just said, no, 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 no. But Jamie did come to my house this week, and he saw my lights in the backyard. And he did say, I'm proud of you. I think you said something like that, or good job, or proud of you. I make stuff up sometimes. It was either proud of you or good job, but maybe that's what I wanted him to say to me. I don't know if he said anything, but I was like, hey, I heard Jamie say I'm proud of you. And that means a lot because he has really, he's got power tools. Here's the message. Here's what you need to know. Everything you need is at the table. Everything you need and I need is at this table. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's all there. Everything needs at the table. Everything you could ever want is at the table. Everything. Everything you possibly could need is at the table. Relationships solid people going the same exact direction. We call that community. Come next week for that. That's next week's message. You, you need that. Everything you need is at this table. We're going to build a church through our heart for the house offering. Everything that church, I'm, I'm going to show you a video next week. There's a this sweet lady from Cuba. She, she taught herself English. Her husband told, her, told his faith story in Spanish and she translated it in English. It took her a year to learn English. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, we got to help them. They do church in their stinking living room. That's not okay. Everything he needs at the table. Everything he needs at the table. We're gonna help some people next year. We're gonna help more people next year. We've helped more people this year. We helped more people. We helped more people this year than we did last year. We buy Christmas gifts for single moms, people that are trying to make it. We're gonna do more this year. We're gonna serve more people. We're gonna help more people. We're gonna do more. We're gonna have bigger serve days. We're gonna do all those things because everything people need is at this table. We're gonna help more people. We're gonna give away more gift cards to Bravo next year. Because everything people need is at this table. But what they don't, they don't need stuff. 
on the outside. They need the stuff on the inside. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. The only place they can find that is at the table. The world can't offer you those things. And if you're here struggling with the first list and the second list, I want to encourage you, the second list is a whole lot better than the first list. It's a whole lot better. It's a whole lot better. Everything you need is at this table. Everything you've been missing is at the table. Now, I want to preach a sermon on church hurt because a lot of us have that. We've all walked through it. And I'm out of time. But if you're here today and you won't get plugged in, because you got church hurt, can I give you a little bit of a heads up? Jesus had it too. Jesus had, the people that sat next to Jesus, Peter, that, that's church hurt. The, 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 whatever it is that you experienced, Jesus experienced it and still chose to forgive you and forgive me and then now the cross. So if you got church hurt today, I realize the best argument I got for church is that Jesus had it too. He got over it down the cross for your sins and for my sins. He did that for you and for me.